Part 1 Chapter 1 The Night the Music Stopped It was the middle of the afternoon on a Saturday when I heard my doorbell ring. I wasn't expecting anyone, and walking to the door I felt a little irritated about a surprise visit. But when I opened it, no one was there, so I just shut the door and went back to whatever I was doing. Who would be ringing my bell and disappearing in the middle of the day? My apartment building had a doorman, and it wasn't like people were just dropping by all the time. Not long after, I heard that bell ring again. I got up and went to answer it, really irritated now. But again, no one was there. Now this just didn't make sense. Why would someone be messing with me like that? I called down to the front desk. Has anyone come up to see me? I asked the concierge. No, Mrs. Houston, he said. I haven't seen anyone on the cameras either. Well, then who was ringing my bell? Not long after that, around 6 or 6.30 in the evening, my phone rang. When I picked it up, all I could hear was screaming. Oh, Mommy, it's nippy. It's nippy. It was my son Gary on the line, and he was hysterical. Gary, what's wrong? It's nippy, he said again. They found her. Found her where? They found her upstairs, he cried. They found her upstairs, and I'm not going back up there. Gary, what happened? I snapped, frightened now. You've got to tell me what's wrong. He never did say what had happened, maybe because he didn't know exactly, or maybe because he was in shock. He just kept mumbling, oh, mommy, 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 until I finally said, Gary, is she dead? And he said, yes, mommy, she's dead. And that was the moment my whole world shattered. I don't know what I did or said after that. I was told later that I screamed so loudly that the whole building must have heard me. But my mind was absolutely blank except for one thought. My baby was gone. Somehow, people started showing up at my apartment. My niece Diane came, and other friends and family. The phone rang. The doorbell chimed. People brought food. People tried to hug me. But I just sat in my chair, crying. I was in shock. And even now, I really don't know how I survived that evening, or the days that followed. As soon as the news got out, all sorts of people surrounded my apartment building. Reporters lined the lobby trying to get in to ask questions, and strangers snuck up to my floor, wanting to pay their condolences. The crowds got so thick outside the building that the police had to be called to keep people away but I didn't know any of that at the time, because all I could do was weep and moan and wail. All I wanted was to be left alone to grieve for my daughter. The last time I'd seen Nippy, I'd been a little upset with her. It was around the Christmas holidays, just six weeks or so earlier, and she'd suddenly showed up in New York with my granddaughter Chrissy, Nippy wanted me to come into the city and join them and my sons Gary and Michael, but she hadn't told me they were coming, so I'd made other plans. 
I was going up to Sparta, New Jersey to have Christmas dinner with my friend Nell. And I didn't feel right breaking it off, since we'd been planning it for a long time. I wanted to see Nippy, of course, but I just wished she would give me a little more notice when she was coming through. So I went up to Sparta and spent the night there, and then the next day Nippy called me again, asking me to please come into New York and see them. She was staying at the New York Palace Hotel, and Gary and Michael and their wives and children were all there, so it looked to be a nice family reunion. I went into Manhattan, excited to see the whole family together, which was a real rarity these days. Nippy had just finished working on her new movie, Sparkle, and she looked fantastic. The whole day she was in good spirits, laughing and joking with her brothers and playing with the kids.